Welcome to the Adventures with Grammy podcast. I am your host, Carolyn Berry. This podcast is for grandparents who are on the go with their grandchildren, grandparents who want to hold special places in their grandchildren's hearts, and for parents who want to ensure loving relationships across the generations. Thank you for joining us today. I am so excited that you're here for this bonus episode of the Adventures with Grammy podcast. Christmas is a magical time of year for me. I love the hustle bustle, the smells of hot cider and goodies baking in the oven. And I love the sounds of sleigh bells and Christmas music. I love watching Hallmark movies, even though the script is pretty predictable. I love watching the snowfall, sledding, ice skating, and throwing snowballs. I close my eyes and immediately return to my childhood. I remember the excitement of Christmas and the anticipation of what was to come. Waiting for Santa Claus was so difficult. As with many of the stories you will hear today, Christmas in my family was more about faith, family, and food than it was about the toys we would receive. Christmas presents from Santa mostly were items my sister and I needed. Pajamas, socks, clothing. I remember praying so hard that Santa would bring me something that I could take to school for show and tell after the winter break. I certainly didn't want to talk about my new underwear or my new socks. Usually Santa came through and I had something appropriate to take to school. One of my favorite memories is decorating our Christmas tree. I remember my mother walking with my sister and me into the woods to find the perfect tree. One would be too short, another too tall. One would be too wide, another not full enough. And then there it was, the perfect tree. And my mother would saw the trunk and the three of us would haul it back to the house. My dad would lounge in his recliner while the three of us decorated the tree. My father liked to hang the tinsel. However, his idea of hanging the tinsel was to throw handfuls of it onto the tree where it would be bunched up and look messy. I liked to hang it one piece at a time. My dad was fairly patient with everything else, but not with hanging those long strands of shiny silver. I loved sitting in the darkened living room with only the lights from the tree twinkling. I felt such peace as I admired the beauty of our handiwork. My mom is artistic and had made a ceramic nativity scene, which we placed under the tree, and I still have that nativity set. I loved visiting my grandparents on Christmas Day and playing with my cousins. It was a fun time, and I cherish those memories. And I'm glad to share them with you on this bonus episode of the Adventures with Grammy podcast. It is filled with my guests' favorite memories of their Christmases and the traditions they hold dear. Their stories are poignant and heartfelt, and I am confident their stories will stir your memories, too. I know Christmas is not a happy time for everyone, as is the case for a few of my family members and friends. I hope your hurt continues to heal and you're able to establish warm memories and meaningful traditions going forward with your children and grandchildren. My fervent wish for you is that you find peace. Christmas has always been a big deal on my mother's side of the family. Her father was our family's Santa Claus. 
which is something he passed down from his uncle. His uncle was their family, Santa Claus, and it was just a really big deal. My grandfather took it to another level. Uh, in addition to, you know, scrimping and saving all year long to buy us all presents, he was also very artistic and creative and also an engineer. He could work with both sides of his brain. And he designed, it took him a decade to develop this, but he designed a artificial Christmas tree that would collapse down into a 12 inch box. And it was made out of layers and each layer was a little bit smaller than the one before. And it, it, it looks like an art deco tiered Christmas tree. And he was also inspired by the light bright toys we had as kids. You know, the, the light box that had the, the black paper on the front and you would punch the little uh, plastic pins inside and then they would be, they would glow and be lit from inside. Well, he used that technology or that inspiration on this tree. And the tree has holes drilled all over it. And on those holes are glass beads that mimic ornaments and uh, tinsel, you know, wrapped tinsel around the tree, garlands. Um, it's really spectacular. And I, it means a lot to me because I was old enough to help him build these trees, this series of trees that eventually became this beautiful thing that was actually mass producible enough that he went and got a patent for it, which I have hanging in my home. It wasn't Christmas until we saw that tree go up and he would always let me put the final piece on this tree. There was one piece that was not part of the tree. It was, it was Santa on his sleigh and he had, he had made a little shelf for that to be up on the tree. And that was always the highlight of pre-Christmas celebration for me was helping him put up that tree and, and get to put Santa Claus on that tree. My fondest Christmas memory was when I was elementary school aged and I begged and begged and begged my parents for a pony. And of course I knew I wasn't going to get a pony. We didn't um, have the money for a pony, but every year I asked anyway. So on my Christmas list, I put pony number one and I put teddy bear hamster number two. So the week of Christmas, my parents went to the pet store and bought a hamster and a habit trail. Christmas Eve, I could hear my parents and lots of laughing and carrying on and furniture moving. And it would seem that my hamster chewed its way out of the habit trail in my parents' closet. So they were rummaging around the closet trying to find my hamster and get it back in the habit trail to put it out for me to find Christmas morning. So, of course, Christmas morning, we wake up and I run out because, of course, I had heard my parents. And, and I look and my habit trail is there and my hamster's there and my habit trail actually has duct tape on it to keep my hamster in it at least until I get to see him Christmas morning. So that was probably my funnest memory with my parents and receiving a pet at Christmas. My favorite thing of the year is Christmas. It is my, the, 
season that I look forward to when I have so many memories of me growing up. Um, so one of them is growing up with my mom. She was a single, she raised me as a single mom. And every single year, our Christmas tree would be filled with um, about 20 gifts. And they were all for me growing up. Like they were, she made such an effort to every year be able to provide um, everything that I, that I wanted, right? Um, as long as I was a good student and I was nice, um, I looked forward to that every single year. And Santa was a big part of it for me, um, writing a letter to Santa, going to the mall to see Santa. Um, it was magical because I didn't have like a father figure. So for me, Santa was that, like that father figure, that person who looked after me and, and who really, you know, um, is something special for every child, for every kid growing up. Assembling the Christmas tree was always like something very special for me as well as, as I grew older. Just doing that with family. Every year we would have this dinner on the 24th and we would have a perineal, sometimes turkey, salad, potato salad, plantains, just about everything. And we would get together as a family and pray. So giving thanks for everything that we're grateful for, for that year and everything that we want to manifest for the, for the year that's going to be coming in. The music that we listen to during Christmas is just energetic and it feeds your soul. I love Christmas. It's always been such a favorite time of year. Growing up in my family, of there were three children, and my parents each had had multiple, many siblings. So we had these amazing, big family gatherings at the Christmas holiday. What we did in my dad's family was we would go from house to house, not all on the same day, but Christmas dinner was at my aunt's house. My grandmother lived with my aunt and her husband and their three children. And so our family of three children, my dad and my mom, would spend Christmas dinner with them. And we had a huge spread of food and that would be Christmas day. And then the following days of the week, we would visit my dad's other brothers or sisters homes. So our Christmas holidays were, were stretched out for over a whole week. And in my family, it was all about food and family and faith. And uh, my, my dad's heritage is from Slovakia. And so the family, on that side of the family, we, made, we did a lot of baking. They did a lot of baking of these amazing, delicious pastries, kolache and all kinds of pastries. And every time we would gather, there was this table beautifully adorned with Christmas decor. And there was also plates laden with pastries and cookies that my aunts had taken days 
to bake these delicious pastries. And we would gather around these tables as we did the family visits. And I was younger in the family because my dad was the youngest in his family. He was the youngest child. So I was younger than most of my cousins, but I would sit at the table with my cousins who were 10 or more years older than I was and would hear them talking about their life stories and their adventures and sharing family memories. And these were the best holidays that we had. They were just so memorable. And I wrote about it in my Christmas letter in the past few years. And one of my cousins called me immediately after she got the card and with the newsletter and just said, Nancy, it was just like you described it. I was right back there at the table. So that was amazing memory that I have of our family and, to, and the food that we ate. There's another memory I have about food in my family. Again, this is about my dad's family. We had a special Christmas Eve dinner. The menu was the same every year. This was from his heritage in Slovakia. He had, my grandmother would prepare this food. And then my dad's, my dad's family, my mom and dad and I, my brothers and sister and I would eat this food. But at every house in our family, they were having the same menu on Christmas Eve. It was a special menu. Some of the food I really didn't like, but it was, they were the same things that my mom made every year to participate in this Slovak heritage uh, meal that we had. And it was just really a special time that we continued for many, many, many years. Another memory that I have is of our faith. And uh, I was raised Catholic. And so our faith was a big part of our holiday celebrations. And we would sometimes, a lot of times go to midnight mass and those were special moments to stay up late as a little child and young child, go to Christmas Eve, midnight mass and participate in the singing and the caroling and the services. Another special memory is this is universal. I think many people do this, but it is a great way to experience the holiday season, the Christmas season we would get in the car and drive around to look at holiday lights. And when I was a child, we didn't have these large displays of homes and neighborhoods or businesses that had holiday light displays. We just would drive around to see lights in our little area, our little town that we lived. And those were amazing to just create those memories of singing Christmas carols and, and looking at the lights. And this is something that my family and I still do. And my future daughter-in-law enjoyed that so much last year when we did that, that she asked again this year, she said, oh, can we go look at lights again this year? So that will be part of our family celebration this year. My dad's, um, my dad's uh, grandfather, uh, my dad's father was deceased, so I never knew him. My grandmother on my dad's side 
was such a special person and she was such a special person of faith and she you know prayed for us as children and grandchildren and and she would be uh so happy to see us when we came to the house for christmas it was a special time for her because her children who lived in the area were there but her daughter who lived in chicago would come in and visit with her mom and we would gather at the table we would have pastries and uh, my grandmother liked to drink she would drink coffee and i remember her fixing a small cup of coffee for us to um, taste when we were children now it was mostly milk and um had some sugar in it, but she would let us sample the coffee with our pastries and goodies that they made. And she made special food. She, she is the, my grandmother is the person who was behind all of these special foods that we made at Christmas, the kolache, the pastries, the, she had these amazing stuffing recipes. She was a great cook. And she taught my mom to cook a lot of these foods and especially the foods that we ate Christmas Eve dinner. My grandmother was the one who, who taught my mom and taught many others to create those um, foods and to make that Christmas Eve meal so special. Grandma, when we would go to visit, we would always go and hug her and kiss her. And that was something we learned in her family to, to greet each other with a hug and a kiss. And when we came and when we left, and that was always the way we greeted each other at Christmas time. And uh, my grandma didn't have a lot of, of money. I, so I don't remember her giving us a lot of gifts, but I just remember her being so happy to see us and um, spend that time. And she would go, when we went house to house, she would go along as well. My grandmother on my mom's side of the family and my grandfather, they would always be happy uh, and happy to see us at Christmas too. And they had a little, they had a little tree and they would put out candy for all of us, all of their grandchildren. They had candy, special Christmas candy that they would get and put out for us. And they would, uh, we would sit around and, and again, as I said, family and faith and food were like kind of the themes in our family. So my grandparents on my mom's side, we would visit at their home and my mom's brother would come from Ohio and my mom's sister would come from Ohio and we would all pack into their living room and just share those sitting around the, tr the tree and um, enjoying each other's company, enjoying the conversation and the Christmas season. It was a huge blessing to be with all of them and everyone would um, would cry when when we would cry when the cousins had to leave to go back to Ohio because we so enjoyed being together. Some of my favorite Christmas memories, they pretty much all involve family. To give you context, there were five of us children and we were all 
World War II baby boom babies. Needless to say, post-World War II, there wasn't a lot under the Christmas tree for us. It tended to be practical things like a new pair of pajamas, new underwear, socks, a new ream of three-hold paper for our school notebooks, and if we had really been good, a box of brand new crayons and a coloring book. So the important part of Christmas for the day for us was going to our grandmothers. First, we would go to my grandmother Lops. She lived two miles away in a huge old farmhouse and she was German and her famous meal was breakfast. We always went there for breakfast and she always made cinnamon buns from scratch. I always got to put the frosting on the cinnamon buns and we would have our cinnamon buns with hot chocolate. Our next visit would be to our Hill grandmother. She lived a few minutes away close to the river in a big old house and we went there for dinner every year. She was famous for her homemade dinner rolls. And when those rolls would come out of the oven, I always got to top those rolls with butter. I have such good memories of my grandmother's meals and working with them in the kitchen. Sadly, both of my grandmothers had passed by the time I was 12. But then Christmas took a better turn for us. The economy got a little bit better and uh, my dad was still working three jobs. We started seeing some pretty wonderful presents under the tree in the morning. My favorite gift was a bicycle. It had fringe on the steering wheel, a headlamp, a bell, and it was a girl's bicycle. I got very proficient on that bike. I could ride up and down the ridge to see my friends and there was a nice hill involved in that trip. And I got to the point that I could ride down that hill on the handlebars of that bike. Even though we can't visit with my granddaughters at Christmas, I'm looking forward to continuing my food traditions with them. We're going to have a Zoom Christmas this year. On Christmas day, of course, food will be involved. During our Zoom session, one of my granddaughters is making my recipe for a Christmas punch. The other one of my granddaughters is making her grandfather's favorite fruit salad recipe. It's called Grape Nut Whip. And it's a fairly complicated recipe because she will have to make an egg pudding and let it cool first. I'm looking forward to talking her through making that. It's a little bit complicated because she and her mother had never actually heard of a double boiler. So I had to order a double boiler from Amazon, ship it to their home so they would have it ready to make this special dish. Later in the morning, we're going to have our main meal together and the adults have selected an adult cocktail that we will make this year. It's going to be mimosas at Thanksgiving. It was champagne with cranberry juice and cranberries floating in it.
after we came back from mass, we would have a bite to eat. And we never waited till Christmas morning. So after midnight, when we got back home, we would open all of our gifts. So that meant that all of us would sleep in, giving our mother time to do the turkey because we were still in bed, not causing any commotion in the kitchen because we were four children, but we also had three cousins living with us. So oh. yeah, so Christmas was always Christmas Eve. Story about Christmas that is very, very meaningful to both my husband and I. My husband's name is Gord. Now we have two girls. So when they were little, I made a christening outfit. So we would dress the doll in the christening gown and put the doll in a little cradle under the tree. And then before the girls were allowed or anybody was allowed to open treats, we would sing happy birthday baby Jesus. I can remember Christmases growing up with my parents, and there was four of us kids. Every year, it was our tradition that we would drive around and look at all the different houses with Christmas lights. And because my father was a police officer in the town we lived, he knew where all those streets were ahead of time because the guys always talked about it because, of course, all of their families wanted to do the the same thing. So mom and dad would have their thermos of I don't know what, but I'm sure it was a special thermos because we weren't allowed to have their thermos. And as kids had our thermos that when we would stop to look at lights, mom would pour us hot cocoa and we'd have cookies that we baked, Christmas cookies. And we'd look at the lights, some of the streets, um, depending on which, if there were several houses that were decorated, the, and there was somewhere to pull over, we would pull over and get out and walk along the street. And we would sing Christmas carols as we drove along doing it. And there was one lane, and I'm sure every town has that street. And it was called, um, they actually had a street sign made up for it. And every year leading up between Thanksgiving and Christmas, they would change the name of the street to Christmas Lane. And it started out with one gentleman and he made wood cutouts of different types. He would come up with a different Christmas theme every year. And he would cut these out and paint them. And his entire yard would be decorated in this theme, not only with those, but lights and other things as well. And then every year at the end of that season, he would give them to one of his neighbors. And so after several years, and then of course neighbors would start having him do it and doing some on their own. It got to where that entire street, every house on that street, as well as several streets leading up to it, had his cutouts um, or similar decorations. And it was really cool because the ones that you saw from this from last season, when you went this year, then you would see him at different houses and it was really kind of cool. But he always had a different theme every single year and that was the highlight. And the last place that we went to was to see what he had done. Um, they still do it to this day. It takes hours to get into that street, which is crazy. People sit in traffic lanes for hours to get in to be able to see that street. But that was really, really um, a 
probably one of the most fun memories that I have growing up was doing that as a family. I know that after we would go and look at lights, it was always Christmas Eve, we would go home for dinner and then we'd get ready for midnight mass because we, we would go to midnight mass every single year. And my parents never argued, they never fought. They are still married to this day, except for Christmas Eve. And it used to just, us kids would get so upset because every year Christmas Eve, they would have a argument and it was horrible. And we would sit in the car just waiting and hoping that whoever, whether it was mom or dad that was so upset would come and join us to go to midnight mass. And what we didn't realize until we were older, of course, is the reason they would get in a fight is um, they had to have a reason for them to be able to put out the Santa Claus gifts without us knowing that Santa Claus had come. <laughs> so all these years, we had always thought that that was the only time that mom and dad fought, which is kind of funny now. But we would go to Christmas mass and come home and we would, um, Santa Claus had come and we'd have our stockings and we couldn't look in the stockings on Christmas Eve, but we got our Santa Claus gift and we always got to open one package. And that one package that we always opened was our Christmas pajamas. So when mom took pictures the next morning when we were opening gifts that we'd always have brand new pajamas for Christmas. And so that was kind of fun. And then of course, Christmas morning, nobody could come out of their rooms until mom and dad gave the signal. And uh, then we'd all come out and open our presents. And we always took turns so everybody could see what everyone got. And then mom would make us breakfast and then we'd get ready and go to mass because usually my brother was an altar boy for Christmas. So I remember when I was 13 or 14, 13 or 14, I got this really cool hair dryer and it had all the cool little things and attachments and I was so excited. And so I went in to get ready for mass and we only had two bathrooms, one in my parents' room and one in our room and we never used their bathroom. And so my brother was taking a, a bath and I was blow drying my hair and trying to get ready because we were running late and my hair, my curling iron was plugged in. But with this new thing, I wasn't going to have to use my curling iron. All I had to use was the hair dryer. And because I didn't know what I was doing, one of the attachments came off and the hair dryer went inside the bathtub. So that was, uh, God wasn't done with my brother. He needed him to be an altar boy that day and he survived. I screamed because that's all I could do. My dad ran in and unplugged it and, uh, so he still gives me a bad time about this, that we are not allowed to share a bathroom together <laughs> to get ready. But I remember that was probably the first and last time I used that hairdryer, too, because I was so mortified by that, that silly thing. I had five sisters and two brothers, my mom and my dad. We lived in Montana in a mining town and not a lot of money to go around. But I never knew that, especially at Christmas time, because my parents saved all year so that we could have a celebration. You see, my dad grew up on a ranch and his celebrations were small. And my mother grew up as a single child in the war in England. And so Christmas was always special with the English traditions, but they were never in her home. She got to walk around and see those traditions. So she decided when she had children that we were going to have family tradition in the home to celebrate. And it started about two weeks before um, Christmas. 
where we would get together on a Friday night when my father was done working and he would pick us up, whatever children were at home at the time, and we would go out to dinner. He gave each child that went to dinner a $5 bill and said, now we're going to go shopping downtown, which was all dressed up in um, beautiful Christmas decorations. And we would go shopping and you could buy gifts for the family. And with five sisters and two brothers and $5 and my mom and dad, it doesn't go really far. So you had to be kind of creative and you would team up with maybe your sister and then you'd have $10 and you could buy gifts. We would shop two or three days before Christmas, we got to put our tree up and then all the presents went under the tree and we would be shaking gifts. And it was really, really difficult for us to calm down and go to sleep any night of the week because we knew what was downstairs. And we talked about Christmas and we talked about Santa. And being the area that I lived in, we had snow. So we didn't have to worry about having a white Christmas. So my mom would send us outside to do sledding and to really get some of that energy out. So when we did come in, have dinner, go to bed, we could do that. But Christmas Eve was a totally different story. We would go sledding. We'd come in the house and we probably had some kind of traditional Italian meal. Now, we weren't Italian. She thought that the carbs and the pasta help us sleep. She also made what my mom called a hi-fi. Now that I know what it was, I just giggle and laugh because it was Mad Dog 2020 and 7-Up. And so we had our little cocktail and my mom was okay with us having it only on Christmas Eve because she really wanted to get some sleep in. So we had new pajamas for Christmas Eve, said goodnight, went upstairs and waited for Santa to arrive. Santa Claus never wrapped our gifts. Otherwise we got our gifts from Santa and they had a double meaning because one year we got winter coats, which we needed. And another year we would get a toy, maybe. It just kind of seemed, did we need something? And if we did like the winter coat, that's what we were getting. If we didn't need that, or we'd really been asking for a certain item, that's what my parents would try to get us. But with having, you know, eight children, a lot of times it was just what we needed. It was an item that um, we had been needed and they needed to get us. And so when we woke up, they, how did Santa know we needed this? And the comments were, were so funny. And I have a sister that's a year older than I am. We always got the same gifts. So Christmas morning, we would get up, no unwrapping gifts. We would put our Christmas best on. And then we went to Christmas morning mass. And we would go there and come home. And my mom would make these wonderful um, Christmas wreaths. And they were actually um, dough that was rolled out. And then it had Christmas fruit and nuts. And it had brown sugar. And she would make this up the day before. And they'd roll it up and then um, shape it into a wreath. And then she would slice it so that the inside would show. 
And that was the de decoration for the wreath because with the Christmas fruits, there were apricots yellow, and then there were red and green cherries that were in there along with the nuts. And so it was just so pretty. And then she put a little drizzle frosting over the top and that's what we got for breakfast on Christmas morning after church. So we come home and have that, have our breakfast. We would just be giddy at the table because we knew what was under that tree and we wanted to open those gifts. We wanted to unwrap. And so as we ate our Christmas breakfast, then my dad and my mom would basically say what they were thankful for. And they would mention things that most people would have on a Thanksgiving table. We had a Christmas. My mom and my dad would, you know, go back in time and say, we're so happy this happened this year. We're so happy that happened this year. And really making note of good things that we did maybe in school, or good things that maybe we did, you know, just around the house with my mom, with my grandmother when she was around, um, and just taking note, taking charge of the activities and things that we did throughout the year that maybe we forgot about. And everybody was mentioned, and everybody was celebrated, and that was going on during Christmas breakfast. And I do remember that little Christmas wreath we had a slice of was also a gift that my mom and my dad gave to the neighbors and to dear friends of theirs. I know many families are facing horrendous loss this year because of the pandemic. That first Christmas after a loved one dies is heartbreaking. Your heart feels so broken, you may feel as if you don't want to celebrate Christmas. I know that feeling, and I want to leave you with one last memory. Gary, my late husband, was an excellent cook. He was the oldest of seven children and learned to cook from his mother. He had been an executive chef in the United States Army and never mastered cooking in small quantities. His reputation was known far and wide, and more times than not, one or two extra people, usually our children's friends, happened to find themselves at our house at dinner time. There always was plenty to eat. One of Gary's favorite recipes was shrimp macaroni salad, a recipe which his mother had developed. The Christmas we knew would be Gary's last is one I hold dear. He had been sick for 17 years, and that year he said he would not be fixing anything. We, the three children and me, had to learn to fix holiday meals without him. We celebrated Christmas that year at the home of our son Craig and his wife Emily. The children scurried around fixing dinner while Gary and I sat at the table. He watched as I chopped the ingredients for the shrimp macaroni salad but he complained I wasn't chopping them correctly, so he took the knife from me and proceeded to chop the cheese and the vegetables himself. He then complained that the children were not doing their kitchen duties correctly, so he had to take over. And there he was in the kitchen, doing what he loved, making Christmas dinner for his family one last time. All the while he complained, I don't know how you all will survive when I'm dead and gone. We laughed, we hugged, 
Gary gave me a beautiful lighthouse pendant he had placed in a box of shells that he had collected as he walked along the beach. I have worn that necklace almost every day since. That Christmas was the best ever. The love and the warmth filled the house. Gary knew we loved him, and we knew he loved us. He died less than a month later, and my world shattered. That first Christmas after he died was difficult for all of us. The day began with breakfast at my daughter's house. The plan was to go to Craig and Emily's for dinner. I learned as we sat around the table that Craig and Emily had forgotten to shop for Christmas dinner. There would be no traditional Christmas dinner. I was sobbing and laughing at the same time. A year earlier, Gary had predicted Christmas never would be the same because we wouldn't know how to cook and he would not be with us. Thanksgiving dinner had been as delicious as ever, but this first Christmas dinner after Gary died was a lot different. Craig and Emily stopped by the Chinese market and that Christmas we enjoyed a Chinese feast. Gary was indeed with us, just not physically. I dedicate this Christmas podcast to Gary and to all our loved ones who no longer walk this earth with us. Thank you for listening to this Christmas podcast today. I want to wish you the merriest of Christmases and a happy and healthy